And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! Get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to Iowa Talk Eyes podcast. I'm your host, TP. I'm sitting here with uh, your other host, Theo. I'm the other host, Theo. The other host, Theo. Out in our undisclosed location in our shack in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa, <laughs> sipping whiskey and beers, baby. No whiskey tonight. No whiskey Actually, tonight. Actually, I, I broke out a surprise for... Our guest. For yeah, our guest. It's actually maybe I should we should sort of introduce the guest and the surprise drink tonight that's not whiskey. Yes. So tonight in tandem. Tonight we have a special guest for you. He is my brother Chun, brother from another mother, out on the East Coast, an undisclosed location. He can tell you if he wants. But he is an anarcho capitalist. And tonight, we're going to be learning a little bit about what is an anarcho-capitalist, what led him into this direction, and uh, we want to learn more about what an anarcho-capitalist society would look like. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, June. Thanks, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome. So, the surprise that we have that you, since you're calling in, you can't really enjoy it <laughs> with us. Yeah, yes. sorry. <laughs> sorry you can't enjoy this surprise. Well, it's a sort of... Uh, I'm not going to name it or anything, but it's a, a bootlegged beverage into Iowa. Bootleg wine. Yeah, you can't get it in Iowa. I don't think I'm supposed Due to have to it. Due to some silly government rules. But, uh, it, yeah, it's just a it's a good old white wine, and here we are. It's not like it's uh We're not following the rules. Punk rock tonight. Yeah. That's we're right. Going we, have, we have our first guest. Yeah, you are our first. So, very special. Oh, wow. And, well, hopefully I live up to it. And a bootlegged bottle of wine. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Next, we're going to break out the illegal narcotics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to go to work tomorrow. Oh. Okay. And you're sawing off shotguns. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Randy Weaver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sawing off shotguns. No. Oh, man. No. That's a rabbit hole. You can stay away from that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll address that in another show. So, ooh, that has a tasty wine. Well, this is in honor of you, Chun. Thank you. Cheers, Drinking mate. coffee. Oh, <laughs> love it. Hopefully it's a good coffee. Do you grind your own? No, I'm lazy. <laughs> Buy a grinder and start buying some good coffee. I've, you know, I've been you. thinking about it, but you know what it is? It's like I can go in there and just get a coffee in like 30 seconds. Yeah, and Keurig. I really, I really, yeah, I really yeah. like the convenience. They are pretty convenient. But go. a nice... I'll tell you this, Theo makes some decent coffee. He's he's brewed me a cup or two. It's pretty tasty. It's fresh ground. 
Anyways, anyway, the show. we're we're talking about anarcho-capitalism tonight. Yeah. So the first question I would have for you, Chun, is how would you define anarcho-capitalists? Well, I think I could, just to take a step back, I mean, obviously, within the first part of the name, the anarcho portion of it, it is a form of anarchy. I think where, you know, it just kind of essentially in that there should be no government. Uh, you know, people, anarcho-capitalists like myself and other anarchists don't, foresee or don't recognize state controlled entities as legitimate. Uh, we feel that their power is derived, um, you know, through coercion and, you know, immorality. So we don't recognize that as a uh, legitimate source of power. So, you know, we reject the things like the U S federal government and even, you know, all the way down to the state governments. But, but what kind of sets us apart, I think from other anarchists is our belief in the market, um, you know, we're Free individualist, market, right? Correct. We're individualist anarchists, and it's a political philosophy essentially that we advocate the elimination of the state uh, in favor favor of individual sovereignty and a free market. Um, I mean, the the term is was it was credited by, uh, or I'm sorry, it was was coined by the economist, the great Murray Rothbard. Uh, yeah. Who, yep. Who, yep. Who most would consider. Go ahead. Didn't he found what? Didn't he found the Libertarian Party? He well, did too. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. He's not the only founder. He was one of the founding members back in the seventies. He ended up actually splitting with the party. Yeah, I would imagine. Oh, that he yeah, would be you very, know what? He would be very disappointed in the direction that they have <laughs> yeah. gone. I, now, now, not to get off, not to get off uh, on a tangent. I, actually, there rec- quite recently uh, there has been a takeover. Yes, in, in a, of say the Libertarian Party, the Mises by the Caucus, Mises Caucus yep. who I Dave am Smith. affiliated with. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. yeah okay, just, yeah. sweet. So, yeah. I was actually going to ask you. It, it's interesting that you say that because we're going into a, another question here. So, what is anarchism? Right. You establish it's the you know it's the uh, the abolishment of the state essentially for voluntary associations between people. Yeah. Absence of government. Right. Yeah. Right. So so we. So we, it, it's, but it's not an absence of rules, right? So that's, right. I think that's yeah. a common misconception right. when it comes so, to anarchy. So people's but, first but, response is always like, yeah, well, you can just go murder somebody. It's no. going to be the Wild yeah. West. Right. No, you, you, you know you that's wrong. Yeah. First one to die. Yeah. How many, how many times have people said that to you? <laughs> a bunch. Yeah, like, sure. Oh, not, they, they don't tell me I'm the first one to die. I'm kind of big. So like, they don't, they don't oh. say that to me, but like, you know. Unless it's on Twitter. Speaking, uh, unless it's on Twitter, they don't know what you're and I'm just I'm mean on Twitter anyway, so I deserve it probably. Oh, so it's, it's right. fine. Twitter's great. But yeah, for that. I think like we we hold a lot of we hold some similarities to like what we would call like a social anarchist or what you think when you think of the term anarchist, you think of the black block idiots out in Portland and everything. Like, yeah, sorry, spray paint and the anarchist symbol yeah. on the side of government buildings. Yeah. So so those are like social anarchists. A lot of them are anarcho-communists, where they believe that the state should be abolished, but then everything should still be kind of owned by the community. Like on and I, whether it be in or not in a democratic sense, but still, that there everything would be common property, you know, and and all would just be <laughs> the only thing that you could own with yeah. things like toothbrushes and stuff like that because they do yeah. make a distinction between uh, pro- personal property and what we consider property. Like when we say property, we think land, houses, right. cars, and assets, actual, that asset, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and they look at that as theft, right? Anarchy that should belong to everybody. Correct. Okay. But if you but you can obviously own a toothbrush, you could obviously own a mirror or, or a comb or shoes or whatever. They call that personal property. So we 
we while we both agree that there should not be a state, we split with them hard when it comes to the, especially on the issuance of property because anarcho-capitalists can essentially be boiled down to a few axioms, or at least, you know, really just two axioms between a non-aggression principle and private property, right? Okay. Non, and this, like, this is kind of the crux of what, you know, anarcho-capitalism kind of is, right? Is the very first thing being not the non-aggression axiom, which is essentially means, you know, you have the right to be free from any kind of coercive aggression initiated, you know, for no reason by another person. Yeah, you know, yeah so I can get behind that. Most people so can like, reason that unless they're a sociopath. Or some type of narcissist. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, you know. But 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 it kind of goes even further than that. It says that like it's a theory that holds that every person is a self-owner. Like you own yourself, I own myself. You know, we have complete and absolute jurisdiction over our own body, right? So yeah. that means that if anybody was to just unjustly invade that, as in kind of just exert any kind of physical force upon you, you'd be well within your right to defend yourself. Absolutely. Right? So that's, yeah. And that's so where you agree with it, like the libertarian party where, you know, hey, I'm entitled, I have my liberties. As long as I'm not infringing on yours or you're infringing on mine, we, we're good, right? Well, it's we, based right. on the same principle. Yeah. Right. It, and it's and it's kind of, it comes out of a natural law basis, which, you know, I, and if, if you're well, interested in, yeah. in reading about natural law and where that comes from, you, it's kind of, it was laid out pretty succinctly but from uh, Thomas Aquinas, like from years and years ago. But mm. ju- I don't know if you're familiar the saint. with who, yes, with, you know, if, I don't know if you're familiar with who Judge Napolitano is, but he has yeah. a couple great, he, he's seen him on Fox News a lot. Yeah, Napolitano, yeah, yeah he, I'm, I'm I familiar love, with him. Yep, I, I saw a yeah. lot of his stuff. I've only watched so he, him for about 15 years. Yeah, he, yeah, there you go. He's got, he's got several great videos on natural law. He's, he talks about it a lot. He does some things at the Mises Institute, which I highly recommend. I guess I can give that to you when we talk about, uh, you know, things to read, things to consume, you know, around kind of what I believe in. But, yeah. but he has a couple of good videos that can, he really breaks out um, natural law in just a real nice, succinct way. It's kind of easier to wrap your head around. But so we're kind of going for the non-aggression axiom where we're not, you know, where we're, we oppose any kind of initiation of aggression against peaceful people, right? If you've got to boil it down. And that kind of goes into private property, right? Private property is the next portion of it. Because, of course, as I said, you own your body. It's the very first piece of property that you own. <laughs> yeah. Then, then it's the most in, important. Exactly. And then an extension, you know, as, as John Locke said, once you kind of mix your labor with something, like if you go out into the middle of the woods, nobody's been there. You cut down a bunch of trees and you start logging that wood. Well, that wood is not your property because you've mixed your labor with it, right? In, in essence, you've kind of mixed part of your life in with this yeah. with this yes. thing. So your now energy. it yours. Your energy. Correct. So then once that happens, once you – in other words, it's called homesteading, right? Like kind of you yeah. go out, yep. you start working the land. It's, it's just rough land. You work it. You make a farm. That farm is yours. You've mixed your labor. You've mixed your labor into that soil. That soil now belongs to you, and the only way that anybody can acquire that property is if they acquire it by means of like a voluntary nature, whether it be through contract, through sale, through gift, or whatever. They can't walk onto your property. Well, that would be illegal <laughs> and immoral, right? <laughs> but they could. Absolutely, right? but, yeah. But anarcho-capitalists would be against that. Right. So, right? So, so, so let me ask, who administers the, the law? In an anarcho rules, yes, the 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 rule of law. So it would be by, you know, it could be by a lot of different ways, right? I mean, you could just have simply HOAs. You can have different collectives, you know, because it, like anarcho-capitalism doesn't mean that you have to be 
single property owners. You can buy a you could buy or you could acquire a piece of property with a group of individuals, like my individuals live on it. Right. And then you can live upon a certain amount, certain kinds of rules and regulations. And if one were to break that, then, you know, you can initiate some kind of civil discourse to either expel that person to, you know, acquire some kind of compensation for whatever, you know, misdeeds that person does or whatever, or, or even if like, we don't know each other, we would may perhaps I would be paying a private entity to protect myself. And if you were to aggress upon my property, then I would then, you know, get that company to either protect myself or maybe even go to some kind of private law or private judge or whatever. Like I, the, I think it, in a lot of ways, the way that I envision it and, and Walter Block has done a ton of writing on, on this and what, and even, uh, um, Walter Block uh, of Loyola, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, but and uh, uh, Robert Murphy's written extensively sure. about this as well about how, you know, how would private law look in a in a stateless society? And in a lot of ways, the way that they imagine it, it's quite off. It's quite similar to what we see now. The difference being, of course, is that the state wouldn't own the the state wouldn't own the cops. The state wouldn't own the courts, right? And and a lot of times, what would happen instead is if there's some kind of land dispute. And if, you know, let's say that you and I, TP, have some kind of land dispute and I take you to court, you refuse to go or you refuse by the, to abide by the orders. Yeah, there's not a lot that I can do there. But essentially what would end up happening is then you would just become ostracized from, the, from the area instead. Right. Yeah. So so I think like generally speaking, rational individuals have every the intention of trying to act rationally and fairly with each other because that reputation means something to a normal individual. Of course, there's going to be people that don't abide by that. Yeah, that we do have a lot of a lot of people in our country that do right. not utilize and, rational. And it's a fair it's a fair criticism, but of course I say, well, that's how it happens now, right? Right. So that if that person does these irrational things, why is it that we need the state to remove that person from society? Why don't want to see you no that? more? Yeah, exactly. Get, get on out of here. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, we'll put you down Hoppe, like a rabid Hoppe, dog, boy. <laughs> Hans, Her- Hans Hermann Hoppe is he's probably one of the more um, famous and probably uh, from, uh, like foremost uh, anarcho-capitalist philosophers alive today. He's a yeah, student yep. of uh, yeah, and, and, and Rothbard and, and everything. Rothbard. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So he's so he's and he's also very contentious within libertarians, by the way. Like, so not a lot of libertarians like him. Well, a lot of libertarians like him, but a lot of them don't too. But but he always oh that's he like Spike Cohen. Force. He's got a very I got a mixed very mixed opinion on him. You know, uh, Spike's I think Spike's great, but we we can get into that. But um we don't have but yeah, to so Hoppe Hoppe advocates a, a, like a policy of force removal, right? Like because he recognizes that yeah, look, if we have this, if we're living in Ancapistan tomorrow, there's going to be people that need to be removed from the society, and you need to be able to do it physically, right? And and I think that that's a completely practical thing to say if, if you know as you go to the you've you've gone to the convenience store before and probably dealt with some douche and, and like the only way to get no. rid of them is to kick them out of the store or to leave right so it doesn't know, really you, happen you, much we, in iowa actually not so much but some weird weird <laughs> other weirder things do like uh for instance we almost had to kick a parent out of a uh a town ball game because he was getting on the the 16 year old umpire about a bad call it's like dude it's town ball 
<laughs> you find the assholes everywhere you go, dude. Dude, it, yeah, okay. I've never met anybody with so many stories about people being dicks. Like, <laughs> yes. I just don't get it. Theo knows, <laughs> you know, I know. If people that didn't know me would probably think I'm making this stuff up, but yeah, I just seem to, they just, they flock to me, dude. I don't, I must have a sign on my back that says, hey, come mess with this guy if you're a dickhead. I think it if has was, more to do but, with your storytelling ability. About what <laughs> anything, <do you> <laughs> anything at all. <laughs> I tell good I stories. Was, yeah, but, I know. <laughs> but, but, if I was a weirdo, I'd say it's your energy or something. Like you just, it must you just be, put dude. that out into the universe, and they just attract them. You know. Hey, yeah, dude, I said with, energy earlier when it came to economics. And come on, go. man, call yeah. me a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the no. He's calling me I'm the weirdo. About. I'm the weirdo. <laughs> so. Okay, well, that was very informative, and we got stole a whole bunch of other questions to ask. I, so. I, I got next question, I think. You got it? Okay, is go that, ahead. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay, so how about money? How do we, how do we sort of, you know, administer money and would, uh, uh, exchange of value, if you will, in, well, under think, an anarcho-capitalist, you know, right, uh, yeah, right. structure? And, and cap society. Yeah. Yeah, I, I highly recommend reading uh, on money and banking. Um, oh, I've heard I, about the, that. Yeah, and I, I'm like, I'm going to look like an idiot because I just blanked on the uh, the author's name. I think it was Mises that wrote it, and I feel <laughs> like a horrible ANCAP yeah. that I can't even think of who wrote it. You know, but but basically, I mean, I think generally speaking, I mean, this is, I think money and is a pretty um, complicated subject and to keep it kind of simple it's it's that it would be traded much like any commodity right i think yeah you think about the way that the world works today there's multiple competing currencies all over the place now of course we operate in a you know distorted environment in that the the, the u.s dollar is propped up as a reserve currency through some you know shady dealings however i think yeah. in an ancap society I mean, it would be similar in that there would be competing currencies and likely there would be one or two that would be a sort of reserve currency. And whether it be gold or silver or, you know, greenbacks or Bitcoin and who, who knows, it could I, be anything. I would anything, hope they would have a precious metal to back. It. It could I mean, be. That would be the well, most, I'm sure. that'd be the most logical thing. I mean, it's been gold and silver has been used as a currencies. You mean like the Russians forever. just did when the they got sanctioned Peg and stuff, and you know, because they're really just stupid and they would have a one dimensional economy, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we're much. so much superior to him because we're America. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that yeah. book you were talking about, I believe, uh, a history of money and banking in the United States. The uh, it was by Rothbard Murray. Murray Rothbard. Yeah, okay. Rothbard. Yeah. 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 I bet I own yeah, it. So he, so he, ta- <laughs> okay. he talks about, he talks about, like he, he gets into the Fed and how distorting and how terrible and like evil the Federal Reserve is and how absolutely. I mean, the way that we, the way that we run our currency essentially is. It props the state up and allows it to do all the terrible things that it does. So it, it's a joke. Like, uh, it's make believe. So, yes, <laughs> it's all make believe. Exactly, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a freak. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I guess, I, and I, I hopefully I answered your question a little bit, but I think I think it is. It's probably to be honest, one of those questions that I don't know if I'm qualified to give you a great answer on because that's nah, not something you that are. I really focus on. First of all, well, that's why we have you on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're a lot smarter yeah, about you do. This, this stuff than us. Yeah. So I would imagine, yeah, 
like you said, there would have to be there would probably be multiple currencies like the cryptocurrency market is now. How we're seeing new currencies growing and well, that's and what it is. It's competition, and I don't know what the yeah hell, with the I, free market. I yeah. still don't know what the hell a cryptocurrency is. I really don't. It's make believe too, dude. Yeah, yeah, it, but everything yeah. is make believe. That's why a cryptocurrency is nothing to me, just because I know that even modern currencies are actually well, fiat. Yes, that's the yes. name. They're just—they're yeah. not real, right? It's not yeah, real. What, it's for us play people. And that's—I uh, I had somebody say to me, they said, uh, "I don't deal with crypto at all because it doesn't make sense to me because nothing backs it up. This and that, yada yada yada." And I said, "Do you know what's backing up our U.S. dollar yeah. right now?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I said it's the same thing right, right now. Yeah, it's nothing. It's make believe. I said the only reason it has value is because people give it a value. They no, actually, no. There is a value to what? There is a value th- behind the U.S. dollar. And oil? It, yeah, no. It, it's in the form of destroyers. <laughs> the 82nd <laughs> yeah. Airborne Division, Hornets, yeah. um, fighter jets, 75th Ranger Regiment. Marine expeditionary units. <laughs> that's that's no, honestly, that's what well, that's what the, isn't yeah. that what gives America capital? Yes, these that, days the petrodollar uh, giving the Saudis and other OPEC countries military protection and basically being what the world police, right? Yeah, Trey Stone and Matt Parker. Hey, hit the nail on the head, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Team America. We're also the largest economy in the world, too. Everybody wants to do business here, so that that's helpful. Well, well it is helpful. Yeah. To an extent, I should. I should but, yeah, I mean, I think, like, you're going to make all the crypto guys that listen to this mad. But I think, yeah, basically, Whatever. I kind of feel the same way. I know, like, I can understand where some of the value of Bitcoin comes in because there is a limit to how much that can be made. Like, when, when it was originally, like, conceived of by, I forget the guy's name, starts with an S, but, like, he essentially laid out in that as they're solving these algorithms or these formulas to kind of mine the Bitcoin, there is a limited amount of them. So, yes. so there is a value it's derived a scarcity. from scarcity. Right. And, and the va- and the other value yes. being of course that the, the users of Bitcoin want to use it because it's, it's unfettered from the central government. There we the go. Country. Right. And, and the idea of it is that the federal government can't regulate it and can't take it from you, which, which, and the me, idea also, is, was it was supposed to be anti or inflation proof or whatever, right? Initially, right. yeah, I remember a bunch of memes coming out when it first. But there's yeah, and there's all the speculators around it now. So what the value of mm-hmm. it actually is, it's I'm not sure because because the because even though it's been losing a lot of value, it's still way more. It's more. It's worth more than a single dollar is. Like there's still right. value. Oh, yeah. In it. yeah. I just I wonder how much of it is, is speculated because it, there was so much money to be made around Bitcoin well, for from, such a long time. Well, a lot now, I would imagine, because it's made headlines. Yeah. Well, from yeah, my understanding, what I wanted to say, what I wanted to say, just real quick, is, Chun, you're also talking to. Well, I'm going to speak for you, TP. <laughs> a couple simpletons from, yes. from fucking Iowa. Simple-minded. <laughs> dude, dude. Our the favorite crypto, sport is cornhole. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's all, it all comes down to this physical reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really? Just, well, and that's a form of currency as well. Your labor, right? Well, yeah. That's what we well, do now. We, we look, physically I, I, exert our bodies for money. 
I sound smart, but I'm just a dumb grunt too, so I feel you. No. <laughs> he just knows how to read, unlike us. Yeah, it's left and right, up and down. I take my, I take uh, Tylenol for headaches. Yeah, you know? take time off. Yeah, <laughs> take time off for breaks or breaks off. Okay, so moving forward. <laughs> uh, well, I just real quick on the money thing. I think I think it's oh, an yeah. important piece. I, I think like that's it's just kind of why. Like I'm an anarcho-capitalist. Why I follow the Austrian school because they put a big chunk, a big thing on the economy and on money. Right? You, yeah. There can be no freedom in this world without a free money supply, a decentralized money supply. I think yeah, we all saw that in action. Exactly, we saw that all in action with what happened in Canada with the trucker thing. Right? Like yeah. they were, they essentially were trying to take people's money and they were prosecuting them for uh, donating money to a totally peaceful and legal. Yes, for you know, like a free expression protest. convoy. Yeah, Peaceful against protest. against against forced medical treatment. So it's like just to see what a government in Canada who look not to talk shit about Canada, but they no, go ahead. We do it US. all the time. Like, the the government in Canada is a weak little bitch compared to the U.S. federal government. So if the if right. Canada can do that to all of those truckers, what do you think the U.S. federal government can do to you? Yeah, and, right. I, and the Canadian people are not just some pushovers. No, they're not. There are some no. hard backwoods Canadian well, folks. Their snipers are some of the best in the world. I think for a long time, some Canadian snipers held the world record for the longest distance kills in I Afghanistan. Think that you're talking about the one that broke Carlos Hathcock's record. Yeah, it was over a mile. It's just because I've researched this stuff. It's insane. They've also beat us in two battles. <laughs> the Canadian, yeah, yeah, yeah the War yeah, eighteen twelve. Yeah. The There's a reason that Toronto <laughs> is in Canada these days, folks. They're not just some slouches. <laughs> right, no. And that and that's a sad thing is a lot of the citizens up there are really upset with the whole situation unfolding with their government as well. So yeah, I would you know. imagine. But moving forward, are is that all you wanted to say about the, the Yeah, currency? I'm good. That's it. All right. yep. Okay. So moving forward, what what led you to become an anarcho-capitalist dude just watching the news bro you know it's just <laughs> i i do I, I tell you what like I got, I got home from the marine corps i was a bernie supporter i am not proud of saying it but well, I was. at least like, you're man 20, enough at least you're man in enough the, <laughs> in the 2016 election back then when they it's know, all right i voted were, for obama dude don't worry about it i hope you, it changed baby but yeah I, <laughs> yep hope and change hey. you spring chickens <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's and it's a shame because i remember seeing ron paul on uh, uh like during the republican debates in that in that particular election too yeah, yeah that's where theo uh, theo was cutting his uh, teeth uh, at that place yeah and uh i was i was in a chow hall in uh camp geronimo in afghanistan and i saw him on i'm like who the fuck is this guy and, and i was like wow you know he had said a lot of great things and then i got out of the marine corps and i was so like disenfranchised and pissed off about everything and and really the only politician at the time was Bernie Sanders. So I started reading into that. And then, you know, what ended up happening was a friend of mine that I deployed with the first time. CP, you know who he is. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you off air, but um, he pretty much told me I was an idiot. Was, <laughs> he, started like, was he Jose? Yeah, he's from Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> he told, told me I was an idiot and started sending me stuff. And he's not an anarcho-capitalist, but he started me down the... the like yeah, he actually like a, he, he posts a lot of stuff that I, I I started reading too. Him and uh, and G Sloan, I yeah. was like, wow, okay, this is really interesting. Yep. 
Yeah, so he, he, he got me started down there. I ended up becoming what I would call a reason libertarian, like the, uh, the reason magazine types. Okay. Uh, what we now call like the, uh, the Beltway libertarians, kind of like the, the libertarians that hang around in D.C. And I just started kind of getting to that, which not to put down the reason crowd so much, at least you know five years ago or so, they were still pretty solid. Um, I used to so subscribe, I started, but I don't anymore. Yeah, don't. They're, <laughs> they're trash now. Oh, I they figure have, it out. Since Andrew Heaton left, that's about all they had that had that was going good for him. But uh, Robbie Suave is okay. He has he has his moments, but but yeah, uh, is it yeah, just so a cesspool now or what? Yeah, it's just it's just like these the losers that I, I saw an article the other day that they wrote about how the gas tax tax isn't it that bad because that's what pays for the roads. I'm like, holy shit! Wow, oh, from you? a libertarian yeah, publication. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that apple you fell way off the tree. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they got rightly crushed for that one. But, they yeah, should. So, so well, what was that, that one? What was that one? Uh, the libertarian was it Gary Johnson last year that was running when he, and he was talking about uh, ending the war on drugs and legalizing all those drugs. You remember that? That, 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 that was it's Gary Johnson was back when it was. That was uh, 2016, right? 20, 2016 yeah. was that? Which wait? Which election was that? Was that the Trump and Hillary? Yeah, it was election? Trump and Hillary. Yeah, yeah. I yeah voted so that for was Gary. Gary Johnson. Yeah. I believe it was Gary, and and a woman was like, "My son died on an overdose of heroin. You really think that you know heroin should be legal?" And then he totally like turned into a, a giant puss bag on yeah. live television. He's like, "Well." And backtracked. He's like, I think marijuana should be legal. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that, you, you that, could have explained no, you to her. Explain you could have explained to her. If it was legal, then maybe your son maybe never would have gotten addicted to it. Yeah. If it was legal, there would be programs set up to help people that do get into those types of drugs. But at the same time, would he have ever gotten into it if it was illegal at all? Would it have even been a problem? I, that That's what we don't know. That's what we don't know. There's a what ifs about it. That, but all we do know right now. But the American drug war just. Yeah, the war on drugs is, needs to be abolished. It's, it's actually yes. such a damn joke. Dude, Dave Smith said it the best. He's, we, you know, there's a problem when the majority of prisoners locked up are nonviolent, are locked up for nonviolent drug offenses. That is an mm -hmm. issue. If you ever want to watch something cool, um, which I'm sure you you would, but Ron, the great Ron Paul was on. I think it was on. Uh, uh, was it the Donahue show? Was it Donahue that had that like? Oh. That uh, he had like that. He would have the crowd in there, and they essentially would just like argue with the guests all the time. But there was this great clip of Ron Paul on that show, and he's it, back in the '80s. You know, when he was like before he started running as a Republican. Okay. Um, with and the, he was with he was, the fat guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went in there and he was pretty much telling everybody that the government shouldn't. He again, he was out. The, he was there standing against the drug war, and nice. they were like making fun of him and stuff. And he, yeah, he was like said to the guys like, maybe the government should like what should tell you what to eat because obviously you can't. <laughs> yes, like yes. And the guys started getting mad. Yes, that's why. That's why. I By the way, he's a doctor. He knows. Well, yeah. he's actually like not a doctor, but like, like a good doctor. I mean, I mean, OBGYN. Yeah, yeah he's he yeah. thousands of babies. Yeah. He seems to good use, uh, from what I've read, from man Ron likes Paul, vagina. <laughs> from what I've read from Ron Paul over the years, he seems to uh, know that nutrition is a very, very big deal. D three yeah, when it comes to your health. What a novel! I mean, what, what a novel. crazy! Concept, right? No, dude, isn't that you, crazy? You just need some big yeah. pharma fucking medicine. So well, I, of course. I met Ron Paul. Losers. I met Ron Paul 
tailgating before a Hawkeyes game. Nice. Down and in Iowa when City. He, when he, yeah. Down in Iowa City when he was running for president in, well, it was the 2008 election, so it must have been 2007. And uh, went up there to see him. Didn't have a ticket to the game or anything. But we went to this McDonald's right on the the river if you ever been to iowa city there's a river you know and he's there he was there yeah like, oh you know, uh, dr. mickey d's dr paul yeah mickey d's wow dr paul we're here to see you and he was there to change his outfit <laughs> in the head <laughs> what a nice what a down-to-earth guy <laughs> yeah dude Screw going to this truck stop just yeah. up the road. I'm going to McDonald's. He's changing his outfit, <laughs> and he's heading up to speak at some tailgating event. That's awesome. Yeah. That's legit. Did you yeah. go see his tailgating event, his speech? No, we missed it. <laughs> we got too drunk. But we met him. Forgot. We met him at McDonald's beforehand. So, so you didn't have to go see. I didn't have to see what he talked about. <laughs> I already met the guy. I, I learned everything I needed to know about him. He got well, changed to McDonald's. I mean, yeah, me. I yeah mean, he's a down-to-earth man. Even in 2007, 2008, you could uh, watch a, just a ton of videos. Oh, know. my God. So moving on. So we did talk a little bit about this. But what, other some, what are some other benefits do you think that ANCAP would bring to a society? Peace and prosperity. Peace and prosperity. Actual peace. Actual like harmony right like i think like some of the more i guess um touchy or less than popular things among some libertarians is kind of the way that a lot of ancaps think about discrimination and like integration that kind of stuff right like we're i think the majority i would say 99 percent of the ancaps out there are think that racists are dumb Right and like well, and good. kind of judging people based on <laughs> most decent people do yeah most yeah. in general yeah. exactly yeah but, most but, most of us don't have time for that stupidity but what we hold is that any kind of forced interaction like non voluntary or coerced action it will inevitably lead to strife or will inevitably lead to some kind of you know um, you know conflict yeah. between people right so like in this case kind of taking it to today with how you know, just about anything that we do in America nowadays is a fight, right? Like we're fighting about what, you know, we're fighting about Roe versus Wade today. Yesterday right. we were fighting about whether or not you got to get a jab to go on a plane or to have your job or sending you know, we'll billions about, to Ukraine. Yeah. Sending billions to Ukraine, all these things that, you know, I think underneath the backdrop of a huge coercive government turns into these political fights, these huge things. I mean, you think about like the way that you, educate your kids nowadays it's a huge fight going on right now oh, like with, oh yeah with absolutely. schools and everything it's terrible it is so from an ancap society perspective the way that we look at it is as we recognize non-aggression of property the way that you use your property is your business as long as you're not aggressing against other people and we want to we would prefer that we would just all live the way that we want to live free from violence coercion of course that means the state needs to go away and then that way you can kind of interact and you can live near, you can uh, trade and, and enter into voluntary contracts with the people that you want to rather than anything that you're forced to. So like, think about it this way. Like, I think a great example is, do I don't believe in discrimination laws. I, I, would, I think that 
we should scrap the entirety of the Civil Rights Act. Of Absolutely. Yeah. Four. Yeah. If we were all and, equal and, and, and get rid of the freaking uh, women's suffrage. Because if we were all equal, they they don't need a law. I know. I know if we're all know, equal, it's just funny then when you, say it. you know men don't need laws to go vote. So why should women if we're well, equal? I don't think that I don't think there should be any voting. Right. I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not a democracy believer. I don't. It's easy don't, for yeah, me I, to say as a white man that I don't think black people need any help. Sure. I think they're capable. Yeah. You they, know. They, it, it, well, here's the here's but it, even as you guys said, as soon as I said that, you're like, yeah, most normal people are anti or don't believe in racism they think it's dumb right so like so then obviously the next step is like okay then why do we even need discrimination laws would you not rather know who the racists are in your town so you can avoid them like if if i or or cast them out if there is a store down the street for me right and and you go in there and it says, you know, whites only, right? I wouldn't shop there ever again. <laughs> just, right? would, yeah. yeah. I would tell that guy he's a no. piece of shit and I would yeah. never spend my money there. And the majority just... of people would do that. But like I always say to like friends of mine, like black friends of mine, like, would you rather know who these racist assholes are so you don't give them your money? Right. Like where they, the state going to force them to serve you. So then you're feeding, you're, you're buying their stupid shitty beer that they're drinking after they talk about how much they hate you when you leave the store. Right. Like, well, do you want to <laughs> do that? Or would you rather know who these people are so you can avoid them? Like, yeah. that's how yeah. I would. Let... Yes. So, no, so, absolutely. So what ANCAS maintain is that this forced integration is inherently, you know, uh, it just breeds conflict. And it's better for us to go our separate ways. Like, if you want to go live in your stupid white ethno state, go for it. It's going to fail and you're going to die. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Do your stupid yeah. thing. But like us normal people over here, as long as you know, you can even even the same thing, like go live in your stupid commie commune. Do what you want. As long as people can leave, I don't care. And right. I'll trade with you if I have to. I'll try to avoid you because I think com- you know, I think communism is important and you're a terrible person. But whatever. Like I, <laughs> but you might have something I want and I might deal with you. Right, you might have some I, nice French beans that I'd like to get from you. Yeah, well, they probably won't have anything but like hunger and disparity. But I would rather live. Yeah, they might. Have, they probably door. have bullets. <laughs> I'd rather live next door to them in peace than right. fight them all the time. But I guess another another major thing I would say that you know, ANCAP society, the benefits it would bring is actual, like I said, prosperity, like right. free markets, unencumbered by any kind of distortion. By some kind of central planning authority, which well, what I was going to get to is out, out there on the East Coast. You guys have the earliest, you know, like Amish communities. Oh yeah, and True. yeah, and it's somewhat communist, right? Yeah, yeah. because I everything they all good. own. Because we have the we have the Amish here in Iowa. There's a lot of Amish in Iowa. It's I assume, I would assume they operate in the same ways. Not like PA. I don't know. Or, or New York. We don't have or... a bunch of we don't have a bunch of Quakers around here. <laughs> I live in I live in a, a town named after Quakers too, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know if I don't know if I if I don't really to be honest with you, I don't know a ton about them. I don't know if they're communists. I know they're voluntarist and that they they're all like a yes. community, but it works. You know, for and that's, them. But that's they the have crux a... of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and they, there's plenty that like we can that. learn from them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And they all work together as a community. So you got the Mennonites that are slightly different that are willing to use technology and electricity, but they're what they call they're called more liberal. Yeah. Yeah, my wife actually worked for a uh, food store that's run by Mennonites. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. So they, yeah, they, a food they make store. great cakes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they make great cakes. And they have a great, great yeah. cakes. Oh, yeah, dude. There's one out Southern Iowa here. Uh, property. I go down uh, deer hunting every year. It's called the Dutchman. Their store. Some of the best pie I've ever had, dude. Oh, yeah. Homemade. They know how to pastries. make Pastries. Man, I saw how to make pastries. Well, what not just say, that. You know? They got homemade cheese, and it's super cheap for like two pounds of cheese. It's like four bucks. I'm like, uh, okay, and it's like some of the best cheese that you'll ever get. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, all the baked goods, fantastic, and they have a ton of canned goods that are, that are phenomenal. So, yeah, those people, and the way they operate here in southern Iowa is it's, it's kind of like a communist commune where – they the community will provide for you whatever you need as long as you continue to provide for the community but you also have the option of leaving and an interesting thing uh <clears throat> the guy that owns the the property that we go hunting at he said so these families they all know each other and the community they don't really let outsiders in right but they understand that you know cousins getting too close in the bloodline causes yeah. issues right yeah it does so they paid a gentleman. At, they did background checks on this guy. Looked into his family, made sure like his health history and everything. They like they went through the whole shebang for ten grand. They wanted his semen to help build the society. And in part of that ten grand, right? That was when he went through the whole. He had to go do medical tests, background check. They looked into his family. They wanted to know that they're getting good. Good bull semen, you know. He's a good bull. <laughs> He's right? a good stud. He's a good stud. <laughs> and uh, I guess he said it was really weird because they they went through everything, and he was 20-something at the time. He's like, all right, cool. About to go bang up this Amish chick, right? Said it was the weirdest thing ever. Walked into the room. She was bent over a bed <laughs> with a blanket completely over her entire body except for the rear end there for entry, and that was it. And everybody stood outside, like, all of, like, the community elders and her mother, <laughs> like, all these people were, like, standing outside, and they're like, you're just here to, we're just here for the sperm, buddy. You know, so, like, they yeah. made it known, like, don't be, be don't be beating the brakes off her, boy. All right? <laughs> I was like, that's very interesting. I've never, I never knew that about that type of community. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's weird. It oh, is goodness. weird, but uh, hey, it's a good way to make ten grand if you well, get, you got good semen. Yeah, <laughs> that's just capitalism, a, baby. Just yeah. a story. <laughs> exactly, that's free market capitalism. Hey, it's just a story. <laughs> but anywho, okay. So moving on, the next question I had was, what would an ANCAP society look like? And you kind of did cover that with a lot of the stuff you already spoke with so far. I, I mean, it can look like anything, honestly. I mean, I think, and I think we it never would be know. A hodgepodge of it would be a hodgepodge of different things. Like I. I think I would prefer to live in something that's kind of more akin to what, similar to what we have now, but certainly voluntaristic in that I'm not beholden to some kind of central, you know, democratized authority. And if, and if I feel that I don't uh, agree with what's going on in it, I could just peacefully leave it with no problems. Like you can't even, like you can't leave America without paying money. I think that's, that's ridiculous. True, right? like I, yeah. think, I think in an ANCAP society, a truly free society, you would be able to do that. Right? And you would be able to, uh, you know, associate with those that you want to associate with. I mean, and like I had said earlier, if you wanted to live in some commie, hippie, dippy, freaking farm commune, then by all means, go do your thing. I have a lot of Jonestown. friends. Jonestown. I have yeah. a lot of, a, well, hopefully not one of those, because <laughs> I would say that that would be against. Uh, Don't drink the Kool-Aid. You know, <laughs> 
that, <laughs> that I would say that would be illegal and immoral. And I think that absolutely. Yeah. So then that, if there were, yeah. so let's say, let's say there we're in a scenario where there's, there's ANCAP society set up, there's other communes, stuff like that. So let's say your neighbor, it there, they have a commune compound and it's like a Jonestown scenario. So what, how would you how would your society handle that would you just let them be as long as they don't leave their area even though you know there's people in there that are probably you know bad stuff's happening to them as long as they're consenting adults there's not a lot that you can do I mean, if, I think they, like, if they went in willingly right oh yeah and I, I think like when it comes to kids there's a bit of a difference there because um you know there's a, a debate over you know when does a child actually have full moral you know, guardianship over themselves, right? I think, yeah, I think, like, when I think about my kids, of course, my kids are much younger. I'm their guardian, and I, therefore, you know, they, You're responsible they forfeit, for them. they forfeit some of their rights to my authority because, you know, of our yeah. natural relationship between, uh, you know, father and child. You know, I have a moral responsibility, you know, and, and to, to take, to care for them and to teach them and to raise them up in my best, you know, the best way possible, keep them safe. I'm responsible for their safety. I think. You know, in a Jonestown instance where there were ch- children there, and you can hear it, like when they actually do the Kool Aid, it's it's, oh, it's messed up. Terrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's so it's bad. Sick. It's uh, sick. But like, I think if I think if that we could, you know, if we had a pretty good idea of what was going on there, I think that would be well within our moral right, or I think it would be moral to go in, you know, and by force and and to remove those children if if they were actually in danger. Like, I think that would bring upon it some kind of burden of proof, and of course, if we went in there and we were wrong that we would have to, you know, compensate that community a reasonable amount of money or whatever. Yeah, sorry you know, for, for whatever damages up. we did. Sorry I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, if it's like, it's, it's, if somebody knows that they're going into Jonestown, if that consenting adult knows that if they drink the Kool-Aid, then they will die, then that's on them. That's their life. They can do with it what they will. I mean, if that person's family goes in there and tries to save them, I'm not going to stop them. That's a family squabble. They can hash that one out on their own. Like, I know that if my sister was in there, I would go in there and try to, you know, get her out of there because, of course, I'm not going to leave a family member to right. die because right. of some property rights dispute or something. Because some but, psycho. But yeah. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, there's a certain level of responsibility that you have within a liberty-based society that you are ultimately responsible for your own safety. And if you if you decide to engage in behavior that is not safe or that is detrimental to your health, that you are allowed to do that by your right. Because as I said earlier, your first piece of property and your principal piece of property is your body. And nobody has the right to tell you what to can and can't do with that body. I would hope that your family would influence you away from doing those kind of things. Of course, you know, whether it be your church or your immediate family, your friends, your community or whatever, I would hope that there would be some kind of guide there to keep you from, going to do some dumb thing and drink the Kool-Aid. However, you know, as an adult, I don't have the right to stop you from doing that. And ch- I think when it comes to children, it's a bit new- more nuanced, though. I- I- I hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. Uh, but kind of led to another question. Hey, guys, if you're liking uh, what you're listening to here with our guest, Tune, then make sure to stay tuned for next week when we uh, continue this with part two. This was just part one. So... Thanks for listening. Iowa Talk guys, follow, subscribe, like, share, all that fun stuff. Drop us a line. Look in the description for our email. 
Part two gets pretty interesting. Way more interesting. So stay tuned, folks. Make sure you tune in. Thanks. Iowa Talk Guys out. You. Yep.